What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. As ever, we're back from Vegas. Sorry, we missed a show just a few days ago, but we are back. Rob, how are you doing? I'm good. Fresh now after Vegas. Uh, it felt like a long trip, didn't it? We were there for four days, but it was a, an exciting pre-season tour. Unfortunately, the football itself wasn't particularly great, but we weren't really expecting that anyway. Speaking for yourself, feeling fresh, I am not feeling fresh today. Hopefully you can't sense it in my voice, but uh, I'll do my best to get through the show today. We'll talk about the announcement of Rasmus Hoyland as a United player. Not come yet as we speak, but we're expecting it at any point soon. There's a 900 million Adidas deal for Man United, which is on the agenda as well. And uh, we'll just talk a little bit about Vegas as well and what happened, what went down. Rob and I went to the United versus Dortmund fixture. I had on-pitch access just around the sides, which was interesting. And uh, Rob got to see the match from possibly the highest press box in world sport. It felt like that. You know, I'm wearing my hat today, obviously, from when we went to the convention. This is what we're giving out to everyone there. But in the press box, it was that the stadium was was crazy, wasn't it? it was so high up and over the top. And it looked like uh, it was an amazing view from up there. But uh, it was a strange it wasn't a sellout. I thought that maybe... There'd be a bigger crowd, Scott. What did you think? Didn't really notice, to be honest. Um, but that yeah, pitch, see, seeing not. it back. Yeah, seeing it back. It was uh, there were a lot of empty seats on the one side, and uh, yeah, interesting. But you know, it is what it is. And uh, we will we'll talk about what United have been like in preseason. I suppose some have they lost three in a row. Mm. Yes, wow. that's relegation form. <laughs> let's not go there yet yeah let's not go there yet but uh subscribe to our show wherever, wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on youtube head over to the channel like subscribe and leave a comment for us as well and follow us on x as it's now called and other social media double underscore scott saunders at underscore rob underscore b and at promise and mu for the show as well uh let, let's do Sorry, this is feeling really subdued. Sorry, I need to bring more energy to this, but don't. I, I spent all day in bed yesterday. I, I apologize. But, Rob, Las Vegas then, United Con, good time. Yeah, really good time. Really well organized. So much on, wasn't it? It was like it was, it was nonstop, really, wasn't it? From morning to night and filming and meeting people. And just so really great. Like I said it on the last podcast when we were there uh, in downtown filming when the Hoyland news was breaking. It's just fantastic to meet all these fans from around the world that come and were like, you know, we listen to your show and we love Man United and all of these things. And it's quite humbling, I thought. So uh, a really good few days out there. And Man United use these things for PR, don't they? You know, these trips are PR ultimately for the football club to go out there, meet fans and do all these things. And, and on that level, it was a success. You know, I think we'll talk a little bit more about the football today. But United are out there trying to get fit, ready for the Premier League season. And as I just said to you, Scott, you know, today we are filming on a Friday, first day of the championship season. 
So football is officially back in England. Yeah, big thanks to Adam and Fraser who uh, put the United United Con together. Great few days uh, with the likes of well, David May, Brian Robson was there, uh, Brian McClear, Wes Brown, you know, hundreds of fans as well, all coming together, especially on the Sunday ahead of the match. Really good experience, and hopefully that turns into an annual thing. So uh, we'll we'll be there promoting it if it does. And uh, yeah, really good time. Grateful that we got to go. Vegas is as spectacular as you could imagine. It is, if you've never been before, it is, uh, everything is massive in Vegas, Rob, mm-hmm. isn't it? Absolutely. Twice the size of anything you can imagine here. Yeah, it was Harry's first time in Vegas as well. So we got to show him all of the bright lights, the main strip, etc., etc. Um, but obviously, we were there for football, obviously. And United played at the Allegiant Stadium, which is... Well, I tell you what, when people... When we talk about Old Trafford and we say, ah, oh, you know, it's, it's really not modernized, you know, it's falling behind, all this kind of stuff. Walking into that stadium and then comparing it to Old Trafford is night and day. It's it's unbelievable. That stadium itself was just incredible. The it's lights all around the stadium, like all, all around the building. Inside, it's got a, a roof on it. <laughs> uh, what what did you make of it, Rob? Well, it's funny that Scott because like that was that was a conversation in the press box really before the game and around it was that. You come to a stadium like that. I've been to, oh, I don't know, I won't say hundreds of European stadiums or dozens, but certainly quite a few. And we were kind of walking up to it, weren't we, from a distance and kind of you get closer, don't you? And the thing going through your head is it's time United built a new stadium or at least refurbished Old Trafford to a higher standard. Because that's the standard now, isn't it? Wherever you go around the world, major cities have these types of stadia and I remember someone said to me, actually, they went, well, you know, you know, we used to having stadiums at 60, 70, 80,000. I was like, yeah, but you know, a lot of our stadiums are not particularly great anymore. Some of them are like the newer ones. So I think there's a little bit of a blueprint there for Manchester United, Scott, is that you kind of look at these stadiums and you think, well, we have to have one of those pretty soon, don't we? Whether that be in the next 10 years or five years. But I know where I say Old Trafford. I watched the leak in the roof, drip, 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 drip on a wet day in Manchester. And I expect on the first day of the season that that drip will probably still be there because they haven't done a lot of refurbishing. Yeah, it is August and it is raining. So, you know. It is England. Yeah, it is England. So you you expect that that will be happening even in the first game against Wolves. But let's, uh, let's talk about a player that could be making his Old Trafford debut in that match. Rasmus Hoyland, we obviously did uh, an episode last time. We did an episode, Rob, when United had essentially struck a deal for him. Yeah. And uh, now it just seems a matter of time until he is announced as a United player. I think his medical has been done and passed. No worries there. No issues at all. Excited? Yeah, kind of. I'm getting more excited, I think. And again, just as I said on the last show, it's more about just having a striker, isn't it? Having someone that can do number nine things for you. Because I think one of the big takeaways from the tour, Scott, and I know we discussed this obviously at United Con quite a bit, was that United did look a little bit toothless up top still, you know, and you go through this process of trying to get fit, don't you, and trying slightly different tactics. 
but how can you do it when you've just got placeholders? Like it was interesting, wasn't it, to go the other end of the pitch and see what Anana does now. Like we knew what he does anyway. We we kind of you know you can predict it, can't you? But I think I think Hoyland's going to come in, and I think United fans are going to be pleasantly surprised to see a physical number nine who's got pace, who can run off people, but can also kind of drop in a little bit and allow people to run off him. I think that's exactly why Ten Hag wants this player, is that someone who holistically fits his idea of the attack. Hoyland's young. He's going to be a little bit green. Sometimes he's not going to meet expectations. But yeah, slowly but surely, I'm becoming more excited about the signing. Sky Sports in particular have been keen to compare him at every single opportunity to Erling Haaland. And do you think that is a measure that he will be put up against for the re- for the entirety of the season, even though it's completely unfair? It's it's not just unfair, it's just wrong because they're completely different players. And again, I think, Scott, this is where we, we dial it down, isn't it? Is that people think about number nine strikers and what they do. And of course, what are they judged by? Scoring goals. In the modern game, it's it has kind of skewed a little bit. It's more about your forward play as a, as a unit going from midfield to attack, isn't it? So uh, uh, he's going to get compared to Haaland because they're both Scandinavian, they're both blonde, they both start with H, they both play in Manchester. But that's it, really. That, that The expectations, I think, should be completely different on the, on the two players. Haaland is a much more finished product, and we saw that last year. Man City won everything. So I think comparing Hoyland coming here for a guy who scored nine goals in Serie A last season, it's unrealistic. But I think, as I said, I think we'll be pleasantly surprised. I think he'll give Man United a lot more in the early days than maybe people realise. I just think his style of football will fit our style of football. And I think we'll be able to break him in gently, I think, through the season. And he'll be able to help Manchester United. I'm certain of that. Do do you think that he will be, let's let's say he signs Saturday yeah. And he gets some friendly action in. Do you think he goes straight into the team for the first match? How do you think Ten Hag will use him early on? It costs a lot of money, obviously. Yeah, I don't think he'll be ready for Saturday, but I do believe he'll be presented. So this is kind of what we're hearing on the ground, is uh, that you will see him uh, at some point being presented to the Old Trafford crowd. Um, I presume it's going to be a sellout because whenever there's a game at Old Trafford before the season... They generally are well attended, you know, at least at least sixty to seventy thousand. Um, but do I think he'll be playing the first game of the season? Well, potentially off the bench, and I think he'll be ready. I just don't think he'll start again. I think when you look at what United have done with Anana, is that they've just let him acclimatise, haven't they? They've trained with the team. There's no real need, is there, at the moment, just to chuck him in? I would not be surprised, Scott, if we just see Jaden Sancho play the false nine. Because we've not seen Anthony Marshall, have we, for a little while? We don't know what's going on with him. He's supposedly fit or not fit or leaving or staying. Uh, and I think I think Hoyland will be ready pretty soon, though I don't think he, he'll start for, for Wolves. I think you might even see Rashi up top. I would not be surprised to see just Rashford uh, playing that role then. But it's the rest of the season, isn't it, Scott? We've got to kind of look a bit longer term about how Manchester United build this project now over the next, say, six to 12 months. What have you made of uh, Jaden Sancho playing through the mill? Good. And, and when I say good, I mean as in not as bad as he was before. So when we were seeing him in wider areas last year and talking a lot about him and saying, come on, Jaden, we need to see more, there was something missing. There's no doubt about it. Now, I think on this tour, 
there's no doubt that there is some push from Ten Hag pushing the player towards a more central role just so he could be using the rotation. Because I really do think, Scott, there's no room for him at the end in the wide positions anymore. I think when everyone is fit and everyone is firing, you know, the left picks itself between Rashford and Garnacho, the right-hand side, there's absolutely no doubt that Anthony is the starter. And then you could chuck a Palestri in there, you know, in terms of coverage on that side. So I don't think Jaden fits the profile of the player that the manager thinks for a wide player. I really don't. I think he sees him more as a creator, maybe now as a as a false nine. You know, we talked about false nine so much, Manchester United, and we don't ever see it being played. And we have in the last few weeks. So I think that that you might see Jaden doing that role, playing a false nine. And I thought Bruno might play some of that in in um in preseason. What's Bruno be doing? Sitting deep. So that's quite interesting in itself. So I think Jaden will be used as an auxiliary force nine through the season. What have we made of uh, Mason Mount so far with his uh, integration into the United team? A quiet start. And I'll say that politely. And that's what I kind of expected as well. But I do also think you see the benefit that a player like Mount brings because he can do several midfield roles. And you can see that Ten Hag is pushing him in games into certain positions and to do things. Uh, I do think it's interesting that he played more of the 10 and Bruno played more of the kind of eight. I don't know what you thought about that, Scott. Like That confuses me a little bit because to me, I want to see Bruno Fernandes higher up the pitch. His stats, his metrics prove that he's a better number 10 than he is, in better, than he is a number eight. At the time, Scott, I think in that game in Las Vegas... He was kind of the number six at one point. He was like on the halfway line while everyone else went forward. And I was a bit like, mm, I don't know if I like this. I don't want to see this in the weeks coming forward because we saw a lot of Bruno doing that last year because needs must. At that point, it was injuries. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see Bruno playing a, a more rounded midfield role. And I would rather see him as a forward. It is preseason. So it's it time is. to test things. You can't get, you can't get, yeah, you can't read too much into it. And, and I think it is also, as you said about Mason Mount, it's just breaking him into positions that, that he's familiar in. He likes playing higher at the pitch. We know that, but I can see Mason Mount being a number eight. That's what he talked about a few weeks ago in the presser. Um, and obviously with his introduction to United. And that kind of was why I thought we were signing him was to be a more kind of rounded box to box midfielder. From that friendly as well. Some headlines were made as mm. Andre Onana went to shout at Harry Maguire. Yeah. They, obviously, there were major errors in that in that match. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. United on the ball. You know, some kamikaze passes or awful passes, which led to Dortmund chances or Dortmund goals. Uh, but Andreanana did blow up at Harry Maguire at one point, And this has been a point of contention, I suppose. It's been, I've, I've seen some United fans love it. I've seen some think it was a little bit of an overreaction, a little bit of a show. Uh, what did you make of that when it happened? Well, we've not done a show or anything since then, have we? So it's quite cool to talk about it because there has been a lot of social media chat. Um, I loved it. I really did. And I'll explain why. So we saw Andre and Anna, didn't we, beforehand, before the game, you know, walked through. I kind of just said to him, welcome to the club. And he said, thank you very much and blah, blah, blah. And then he was on the pitch. And I think in that moment with Harry Maguire being there is there was definitely in the crowd, wasn't there, Scott, some a little bit of discourse. Every time Harry Maguire touched the ball or his name was said, there was a few boos. Now, I completely disagree with that. I don't think you'd see that at Old Trafford in the opening games if Harry Maguire played. There's no chance that Man United fans at Old Trafford are going to boo anyone. So that was not great. That's not a bad, that's not a good start, is it? But I think when Anana did that, I think he was totally justified because we're talking about standards here. And Andre Anana from day one is expected to lift the standard. This is what we talk about. You spent a lot of time, Scott, last year talking about David De Gea and we would do it on this show and we would talk about De Gea's weaknesses. And we'd say that De Gea is a leader, but then kind of looking at the team at the back and saying, well, where, where is the true leadership? Like, where's the communication? Andre Anana from day one is telling Harry Maguire what he expects and he's doing it publicly. And I'm fine with that. I think Harry Maguire should probably leave the club and be sold. But while Harry Maguire plays for us, he's one of our players. He has to integrate. And I think the fans should appreciate that on one hand, like support the players. But on the pitch, you've got carte blanche to do what you want. I want players to, to dig each other out, to go up to each other and say, I demand more. Harry Maguire was at fault in that moment, as was a few players. Um, and I don't think it was a show. That's that's That was my opinion from the press box watching it. And it was just right below us was that he made that save, but he reacted angrily because he was like, what are you doing? Like, move the ball or give it back to me quickly. So, uh, no, I didn't feel too bad about that. How did you feel, Scott, about Anana doing that to, to Maguire? Uh, no, I, I, I kind of liked it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, um, I like the personality. I yes. like what Anana's going to bring to the team. Uh, I think Harry Maguire has had a hard time, so I see both sides of the both sides of the coin, and maybe there were other players that you know perhaps deserve the same treatment. Yeah, but you know it is what it is, uh, and I think Harry Maguire is he's getting interest now from I think Everton uh, this morning as we speak. As said to have overtaken West Ham. I don't think have we even done this. West Ham have had a bid for Harry mm-hmm. Maguire rejected in the last week or so. Mm-hmm. That, we're just really out of sync with our recordings at the minute, but that that is uh, that has happened as well. Twenty million quid. What's a fair price for him? Uh, this 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 debate could go on forever about what is a fair price. Again, players that can't help you or are not going to be in your starting eleven or not really useful in your squad. And I think Maguire is one of them, especially if a, a young man who's come to the football club gets a twelve month contract very very soon. Who played for Man United previously? I think when you look at uh, uh, Harry, the, the time is to, 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 to just cut ties. So if you get 20 to 30 million quid, Scott, at this hand here, people who are not, are not watching or listening, 
bite it off and take it because you're not going to get much more than that. It is what it is. And and this is the whole thing. Maguire walked around after the game, Scott, when they, after the game in Las Vegas, and again from our elevated position in the press box, and just looked miserable. And I don't blame him because some of the fans had been booing him when he'd been touching the ball. So he was walking around doing this while everyone else was a little bit more, well, you'd lost the game, but a little bit more upbeat. I felt kind of sorry for him. I was like, it's time to go, isn't it? This this journey at Manchester United has ended for you. You're not the captain anymore. Scott McTominay was the captain on the day, uh, Scott. And uh, and Harry Maguire was on the football pitch. It tells you everything, doesn't it? So I think West Ham or Everton would be excellent landing points for, for Harry Maguire. And then he can continue his career. And I'm sure he'll still be a starter for England. Well, West Ham are an interesting club at the moment. I don't know if you're following this, Rob, but... Uh... There's basically a battle of wills between their new sporting director and David Moyes. Yes. Their new sporting director has a, a great track record of signing players, young players with talent and then selling them on for a lot more money. Yeah. Whereas David Moyes is firmly in the, I want to sign British players who are Premier League proven camp. Uh, so who's going to win that power struggle? Who knows? Styles uh, clash, isn't it? Yeah, and, it and, and, and that's what it is. Like, like, there's no doubt that now that they've lost Declan Rice, they'll be looking for a bit more leadership or, you know, maybe some, some strength and power or whatever you want to call it. But there's no doubt the director of football role now is to develop talent and sell it on. And at West Ham, they've always got this bit of, I think, Scott, this, this kind of split personality where they're kind of, they want to be a big club the books tell you that they're not. So you've got to kind of do a bit of both. But of course, if you're the manager, you just want the guy you want. Yes, indeed. We'll see what happens there. There's still plenty of time left in the transfer window. We've got still just under a month uh, left to go in this window. Whether yeah. United, how many more players United sign remains to be seen. Maybe a second goalkeeper. Maybe Sofian Amrabat. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And whether other names uh, fly into the mix, we'll see. But I think a lot of it's going to be about outgoings, right? Absolutely. I think that's where we're going now is that in terms of Amrabat and knowing that, that Manchester United feel confident the, that that deal is on is there in terms of personal agreements with the player, that, that they've got to kind of shift a few players now, haven't they? Now they've actually gone big on, on Hoyland and that deal's coming in around over £70 million. That's a tiny bit more than they wanted to pay, but it's also similar, isn't it, to the Mason Mount deal, similar to Anana. You know, they, they kind of went in low and ended up paying something a little bit higher. I'm not 100% convinced, Scott. I don't know what you think, whether Amrabat gets done in the end. I think it will be now about outgoing. So if you shift on Fred McTominay or, or players of that ilk, then you might go and do it in the same way that like Johnny Evans, I think has been kind of dependent on what might happen with Harry Maguire. So uh, different standards, different levels there, but you're thinking about the squad being more rounded. And I think Amrabat is a player that, that Ten Hag wants, but that that is dependent on outgoings now. And as you said, there's still a little bit of this window to go. And I think I, I can see things happening quite quickly in terms of, of players just being shown the door now, because as I said, I think, You've got to get rid of a few. Nathan Bishop has left for Sunderland this week. Yep. There will be others as well. There's a lot of, well, what happens to the the lights of Ahmad, uh, Palistri, etc., etc. Whether they leave on loan or stay with the team, 
What do you think, Scott, in terms of pre-season, these young lads that have played and got minutes, do you do you feel impressed by them? Or do you think that Ten Hag, like if we imagine ourselves as the manager, do we look at these younger guys who have played in this tour and say, yep, they're ready? Well, I think Kobe is the one that I would like to, you know, it's, it's a real shame that he's got injured. Yeah. It is a real shame. Like I think he was starting to really show that he could, he'd be ready for the step up. I know we've compared him to Garnacho really in terms of the the steps he'll take in the first team this season. Mm. Shame that he's been injured. I mean, I spoke to Real Ferdinand the other day and he he essentially said this kid is ready. Yeah, I think United have or will be ready at this. United have uh made the decision to keep him. They don't want to loan him out. They want him to be blooded into the first team. I think with others, I'll take Ahmad and uh Palistri as examples. I mean like I like them both in the squad, but at the same time, if you're not going to give them the minutes necessary for them to continue their development, you know, it, it really depends how many minutes you can give them. And if you can't give them as many minutes as they'll need, they're probably better off leaving on loan. I think I've seen, uh, I don't know where this has come from, but suggestions that uh, Palistri should go on loan to the, the Eredivisie, I think with FC 20 mm-hmm. over the past few days. Ultimately, I'd like to see them both get Premier League loan moves. Hannibal as well is another one. Uh, see if they can hack it in the Premier League. But there's a lot of players in that boat, a lot of players in that position. But if they're not going to be on the on the cusp of the first team, I think it's better off that they do get loaned out, personally. Yeah, look, I think in reality, I think the only player on this tour and kind of all pre-season that's shown anything from the youth ranks or the younger level is is Kobe Manu. So Kobe looks ready. I think he's looked ready for a long time. He's just had to be patient. He's very young still, of course. And I think we'd have seen a lot more of him kind of through the back end of the tour and in his last, you know, last preseason before the Wolves match. But obviously he's got injured. But I think when you look at, at Ahmad and you look at Hannibal and you look at Palestri specifically, for me, the three of them haven't done enough on these on these preseason games. Like the minutes that they've had, which has been limited. But it's limited for everyone, Scott. Like even the senior players play limited minutes in these times. I think when you look at what they've what they've done in games, for me, just not enough. Like just not enough. Nothing for me to say. Yeah, you're at Manu's standard. For me, Manu's like, yep, yeah, let's keep him, let's rotate him, and that's where the Amrabat question comes now. Because you think, well, hang on, do you play Manu or just save that money from Amrabat? You could do that. I would be happy with that. Um, Hannibal, for me not really seen enough and he's played okay in minutes, hasn't he? But Ahmed as well for me, I know he got, he got a bit of a knock, but just, just, just looking at decidedly championship to me, Scott, like watching him and kind of going, well, it doesn't look like you're ready for that big jump up to match days at Old Trafford in front of 78,000 because it's a different universe. So these young lads, I always want to promote youth. That's, that's something natural inside of me as a United fan. But I think there's only one guy just at this point, present moment of time who is absolutely 100% ready and the others I think is your right loan moves are probably the right moves let's uh today's show going to be a little bit shorter uh let's finish off with the new Adidas deal can you tell us about that Rob well yeah 900 million deal a bit of a surprise not in the sense that 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 it got done but I was more surprised that Adidas kind of were interested because a lot of the rumblings from the original deal that they did with Manchester United uh, years and years ago was that they felt they got fleeced. Adidas felt that Manchester United 
fleece them for the deal that they got. And when you look at the two deals from what they did originally um, when it came back to Manchester United after the, the end of the Nike deal and they got back together, was that it was about whether Manchester United could actually really attract that level of deal again. Now, 900 million sounds like a lot of money, but it is actually below the rate of inflation in terms of the of an increase of the deal from what they did before. So it's not actually, it sounds like a big number and it is a big number. Um, but I think what it does show still, Scott, is that Manchester United do sell kits whatever happens <laughs> and adidas have looked at that and gone well we could bin this football club and go somewhere else but where do you go because there isn't many other bigger clubs in the world than man united and there's no doubt that this kind of war between nike adidas new balance puma all of these companies that goes on every season is that they're always trying to position themselves and i think adidas look at united now and they feel happier about the state of where united are with this manager they look last year or two and think United are moving in the right direction. It wouldn't be the right time to sever ties. So 900 million is a lot of money. Um, that will go to obviously towards what the owners ever want to do, whoever those owners might be in the months and years to come. Uh, and no doubt that will help the operational profit of Manchester United. Yes, indeed. Uh, that is going to be it for today's show. Apologies. My my energy levels are, are poor today. Uh, Rob has been Scott's holding not the well. show up. I'm not well. <laughs> I, I, will, I will tell you that. Um, but hopefully I'll be back mended and proper by Tuesday. Rob, we, we do need to discuss at some point probably what days we're going to really record in the new season because Tuesday, Friday was always based on a Europa League schedule. And I know. I know. Now we're Champions League. Back to Champions League. In a Europa League schedule. Back to traveling around Europe and back to Old Trafford nights on Wednesday nights. So, uh, so, yes, we might have to tweak a few things, but uh, there's no doubt we'll be here for you guys. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. Great to meet those of you out in Vegas that uh, came to see us and came to speak to us. Really appreciate that. And uh, like I say, we'll be back on Tuesday. We're Hopefully, I'm back to 100%, but you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube as well. As we say, twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, we currently run. Head over to the channel, like, subscribe, and leave a comment for us as well. And follow us on the social networks at double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. Rob, thanks very much for today's show. Uh, that's been it from Rob and from me. Until next time, see you later for another Promise Land. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.